This is Dan Myler, host of the longest-running Dynasty Fantasy Football podcast in the industry, the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Join me and my co-hosts, Ryan McDowell and Matt Price from DynastyLeagueFootball.com as we use 60-plus years of Dynasty experience to analyze news, walk through startup and team-building strategies, and highlight trade targets to keep you on top of your Dynasty League year-round. It's a different topic each week on the DLF Dynasty Podcast, but the common theme is always the same helping you build the ultimate dynasty roster. Join me, Dan Myler, along with Ryan McDowell and Matt Price, each week, year-round, for the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Destination Debbie is proud to bring to you its Dynasty Tag Team Champions of the World, the McNutted Michael Crystal, the ATM Adam McFerrin, the 4D Chess Podcast. And of course, if you're not down with that, we've got two words for you. And we're back. Episode 3 of the 4D Chess Dynasty Podcast. Welcome in, everybody. And I got one thing I wanted to say right before we get into it too much. How about them cowboys? Oh, feels good. Feels good. How about them cowboys? (laughs) Feels good because we are surrounded by Cowboys fans. You got Eugene and Ike off the line podcast. You got JB, Director of Analytics, and of course, the man, Ray G, big Cowboys fan. I guess we could probably throw Jordan in there too. He's Canadian. It's like basically the same thing, right? Cowboys fan, Canadian. It's all love though. (laughs) How about them Cowboys? Oh, it feels good that they got a loss. So you guys are listening to another episode of the 4D Chess Dynasty Football Podcast. Again, welcome back in. We appreciate you. Glad to have you. As always, you can check us out. Hit us up on our Patreon. We are doing some great stuff over there. The Discord community just seems to keep growing and popping. The Patreon keeps getting bigger and bigger. We're providing a weekly free uh, episode. I mean, free for those who uh, sign up and uh, pay the $1 a month. But the Discord's up. Uh, That's included with everybody who signs up for the Patreon. And uh, we're answering questions there every day. Trade advice, roster construction, digging into prospects. I mean, we're pretty much doing it all as far as Dynasty is concerned. So hit us up on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash South Harmon. And again, welcome back. Without too much ado, you got to hear the man on the other side, my partner, my bestie, Adam. What's going on tonight, buddy? Mike, what's going on? Dynasty Degenerates. Welcome back in, man. We're, uh, we're excited for episode three. Like Mike said, uh... Cowboys took an L, despite the controversy at the end of the game, whatever you want to think. Cowboys took an L, and uh, playoff football's here. It's exciting. Um, as kind of Mike touched on, you know, if you want to come check us out, give us some more love. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash South Harmon. 
Um, it, it's a growing community. We're having a lot of fun. We actually recently just helped a few managers who we thought maybe might were helpless, and we, we made some good deals with them. So if you're interested in up in your Dynasty game, if you like this uh, dollar a month, come check us out over there. If not, no worries. We're going to keep coming to you once a week here on the 4D Chess Dynasty Podcast. And welcome back in for episode three. Yeah, it, as always, too, you guys can hit us up on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at Iowa Michael, Adam at ATM 4D Chess. I tried to do my best to answer questions I get on Twitter. It's a little bit hard. Uh, just being full transparent, I try to devote most of my energy towards uh, the Patreons. Um, making sure that I'm answering questions in the Discord, especially for our, our top tier guys who who are gracious enough to to pay us five dollars a month to listen to us and take our advice. So I'm always trying to answer their questions. The the general the one dollar tier, uh, we're pretty damn active in there as well. It's a it's a smaller community, but it keeps growing. And hey, we'd love to have you. It, it, it's pretty neat to be able to build this and kind of see where it's gone since we started it back in in August. So. That's a little spiel. Let's stop messing around. Let's get right into the content. Adam, I know you are dying to talk about this, man. You are dying to profess your love for one Cam Akers. He's back, baby, and he looks phenomenal. How would you feel watching that game? Man, he's back. Speaking of playoff football, Cam Akers, uh, the final game. You look at the final stat line from the rushing yards and stuff, you may not, if you didn't tune into the game, you may not be overly excited, but... I tell you what, what he's done, it's borderline miraculous. Less than six months, looked like he played a decent snap share, looked explosive on a few runs. I know there was, you know, the bad, the bad look for him after the whole thing with Buda Baker, but he was explosive on that run, explosive on a lot of runs. And man, it it looks like it's wheels up for this kid. Yeah, he also had, it seemed like a, absurd amount of big gains called back by holding yes, penalties. Yes, totally, man. The uh the the one screenplay and then obviously that, that hit on Buda Baker, that was called back too. It it was crazy. I don't I don't give the man too much stuff uh grief over the the hit on Buddha. I mean I I'm not Cam Akers, I'm not an NFL running back, but I played NFL or I played running back in high school and in, in college some. And that's kind of like your dream scenario as a running back. You get to one-on-one with the DB and you get to truck him into oblivion. So for him to get up, I, I definitely, you could probably definitely make it a strong case that he had no idea that he, he, had, he had knocked him out or gave him a concussion on that one. Yeah, he, he claims he did, didn't have any idea. I, I don't think that he did. And I think the other thing to really keep in mind is, man, if you had your season taken away from you and people yeah. are telling you your career could be over, and this is something that really takes down the running back position and all this stuff. It's all you're hearing. And then you got five and a half months. You're not playing football. Like you've been itching for a hit like that, right? I mean, yes. so I think it's definitely one of those things where I don't think that he knew bad luck. I think he felt really bad as soon as he knew that the guy was knocked out and possibly really seriously hurt. So um, all that, all that said though, man, I, it was really exciting watching that game. I think whether you know, you're someone that was in or not on Cam Akers. You got to like someone like that recovering and playing that well that early. Well, we are definitely a tale of two worlds here. You are fully invested in Cam Akers, and I have absolutely zero. Now, 
We'll get into a bunch of this later, too. I, I sold off pretty much every share I had of Game Makers going in after the Achilles because I was trying to compete. It just so happened that in all the leagues I was trying to compete, I had Game Makers. So I was pretty much forced to get rid of them. But let's talk about you. Let's talk about your shares. I think you you had posted you're up to, what, five, seven shares, something something crazy on Cam Akers right now? Yeah, he's uh, him and DeAndre Swift are my two highest owned at 58%. Also, don't leave out Hunter Long also makes that list. Those are my three. We're not going to uh, talk about highest him. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure Hunter got a little shout out here. Um, yeah, so I, I'm up to seven shares with Cam Akers. And... Um, Mike, I think me and you should both dive into this and, and talk about the whole thing, the situation. Um, you know, th- this was one of those things, like for me, full disclosure, like all off season, the way he finished the playoffs last year, some of the things that was going on as far as like his snap share, the way he looked in that game, they beat Seattle. I mean, honestly, like I was all in on this kid and, and, and like favorite players, he was my favorite player in Dynasty at that point. The situation, you know, how we finished the year, how young he was, um, getting the workhorse role. And I, I was, I did a lot of startups this summer and I was drafting him pretty much everywhere I could already. Yeah, I had a lot of Cam Akers going in. So before the Achilles, I drafted him a lot. I know you and I were both in love with the guy. It, it just stunk for me because everywhere I drafted him was on teams where I was actually trying to win money this year. If it was mm-hmm. on, a, if it was on a productive struggle or a rebuild or one of these teams where you know I I know that I'm I'm one two years out. You know it's a really young roster. I'm not really trying to win it all this year. I wish I had him more on those type of rosters where I could have held on to him. Yeah, I think that though goes into a little bit for both of us where. When we talk about pick a direction as a part of the 4D chess, you know, mm-hmm. that's the th- one of the Ds. And when we pick, Mike and I typically, when we pick the rebuild side, we're not looking to invest in those elite running backs early. We want to trade those and get rid of those pieces. So um, I definitely get why you had them on a lot of contending rosters. Um, well, I, know, yeah. I, know, I know one deal that we made right away. So I had mm-hmm. to pull it up. We actually made a deal with each other in one league. So I remember I had- it. I had Cam Akers and a uh, man goes down with the Achilles, right? So I want to say it was like uh, towards the end of July. Yeah, it was uh, that, July, July 25th. Okay. So he goes down with the Achilles. I ended up trading him, Hunter Long, Diami Brown, my 23 first and second to you for Travis Etienne, Cortland Sutton, and uh, Ty Dollar Sign. <laughs> yeah, Ty Dollar Sign. Yeah, I mean, that, this deal. I mean, obviously, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Yes. At, at, at the time, uh, you know, Dynasty Degenerates, th- this deal, K-Makers tore his Achilles on the 20th. This went down on the 25th, uh, July 25th. So he was hurt. Obviously, Mike on this roster was trying to go for the ship right now. He had a good team on this, on this roster, too. And um, Akers goes down, and that's a big piece for him. So he was trying to get ETN and Sutton, two pieces that are on the contending side, and at the time, I really want to dive into all this, too, about how it got into where it was when we made this trade. But Akers, man, he, he took a colossal fall in value. But, if Mike, you want to hit, if you want to hit on some of the stuff on this trade, uh, do that, and then I'll, I'll kind of get into more of the uh, logistics on that. I don't want to rehash it too much because it almost gives me uh, PTSD 
<laughs> I, I trade one injured running back, and then the uh, you know Travis Etienne breaks his foot. So shit, man. We all we all we've all made bad deals. I, I'm I've made horrible deals, but it's gonna come back around for me. You're gonna have a deal on me pretty soon, <clears throat> Kyle Pitts. So <laughs> sometimes sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Yeah, what can you do? You know it. I don't know. I made I made a couple other deals like that where I traded away cam makers on competing teams, and it usually wound up in a. Not like a Travis Etienne, but a couple other places I got I got like David Montgomery and something or, you know, something along those lines. Essentially, we, we had done a show about it where we were talking about what we we were going to do with Cam Akers. That was one of the first shows I think we've, we yeah, ever did. That was a fun one. It, it, if you hear this, you're in the Patreon. Go ahead and go back to the archives. Check us out. Uh, we were saying at the time. Rebuilding. You keep them or you go get them for a first single yep. first. And if you have him and you're a contender, you, you got to try to move him if you can. For me, it was like it was painful a lot of times when I you know, I only moved him away on one contending roster and the deal ended up being horrible um, mm-hmm. just because he was so lowly valued. And uh, I kind of want to get into why here. Like if you think about it, right, all offseason, this guy was doing nothing but gaining hype. Um, he was settling in in the spring somewhere between at the earliest late first typically and yeah. he, he was gone and he, keep in mind uh dynasty generous these, these are super flat wherever talking started value is that's what we're talking to the settings so he was going second round pretty much everywhere and Traded for 203 in a 14 team in March 9th, 9, May 9th. I drafted him. One twelve in your hits. <laughs> and I remember like, like it was just a shot station. Ultimately for me first, it was like, damn, man, this kid has as I felt bad, I just felt bad for him. Like yeah. his season's done, and at the time, like when you first hear it, you're not trying to wrap my head around it. And as I'm doing that, the market doesn't care what I'm thinking, how Mike's feeling, where we had all this exposure to him. They start reacting, and the narrative was panic. Now we're sitting here today, hindsight's twenty twenty. But I kind of want to walk, have Mike and I walk you through the process of everything with him. And ultimately, it's not even going to just be to him at the end. We're going to talk about a lot of different players, too. But the market reacts. The narrative is panic. I remember there was a lot of people out there. Sell for any first. If you Mm -hmm. have to add slightly more, do it. Like, it's totally going to de-risk your situation. You know, he's not going to accrue any value for a year, year and a half. He's going to, you know, miss all of next year. And I don't know if you remember this too, Mike, there there was that chart on the running backs that had torn their Achilles. Yes, it wasn't very promising. Yeah, and so they unroll that and like, it's crazy, man. Like, the the guy's got all this going on for himself. The the dynasty world does not care. This is all happening with ours, right? Like, Yep. um, But the Achilles stuff... There, there was not a big sample size, but everybody that essentially at the running back position that had it, 
their their career was pretty much over right away. And like, I mean, the the, the list I, I don't want to read too much of it, but Linda White, Andre Brown, Michaela Shore, Ernest Graham, Kendall Hunter, Beanie Wells, Dick Ballard, Joe McKnight, Arian Foster. Now, Arian Foster when he tore it was a lot older, twenty nine. Uh, Deontay Foreman, Isaiah Crowell, Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack at the time, he had just done it, so we didn't know what was going on with him. But it was a bad look for the Achilles, man. It wasn't wasn't very promising. I think the closest one we could have made was uh, Michael Shore. Yeah. But that was more of a, an age comp. I know LaShore came back and he had like a semi-decent season or, or maybe even a decent season. I don't want to undersell him too much, but that was probably like it that we had. So as far as age matching up, because everybody else was more advanced. They weren't as young as Cam Akers. Yep. Uh, they definitely didn't look as good as Cam Akers. So. Yeah, exactly. And, and that was the thing, right? So th- this is all happening. And, and it's basically like in a matter of hours, this guy went from a, a first or second round startup pick, you know, two firsts and a second type value to everybody yeah. that everybody that's in it's like really into the space and is, is has a, has a voice. Nah, I shouldn't say everybody, a lot of them were saying, get out for a first while you still can. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that yeah. happened within a couple of hours. So I'm reading this and trying to just process everything. And I'm thinking, all right, I don't know about this, but let me think about like the outcomes on the worst and the best sides, the middle ground. And, you know, do I agree with this? And so like for me, the, the, the low end was obviously look at all, look at all the guys they have, Basically, their career was over. They come back and they they either don't have the juice and that they played, but they're essentially rendered useless. That, that that was like the low end. The middle ground was maybe he takes a while to recover. He comes back. He he's good, but he's not great, right? He's not his old self. Uh, maybe, maybe he doesn't quite get the full snap share anymore. He's kind of splits time. He he's not the same person. But then on the high end, like we we saw Kevin Durant. Not too long ago, look really good. I know it's a different yes. sport and stuff. There's there's been you know advancements with PRP injection and all kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, well, the high end still like, what if he only has 80, 90 percent of juice that he had before? And they draft, they 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 still like him a lot, and they come back, they give him close to full bell cow. Like that is to me where I'm thinking about this. That that seems more than a late first to me. Like that type of if that range of outcomes is out there. Like I don't know if you agreed with that. That was kind of my process going through it. I think it was kind of built into exactly what we were talking about back on that podcast. So if you were a contender, you can't sit with a zero all year. Like he's doing you no good. So I know the way the same way you dynasty. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna half ass it. If I'm going for it, I'm going for it, right? I'm not going to be like, well, I'm not going to get, I think Cam Akers will be worth blah, blah, blah if he comes back and he's healthy and he's worth the, the 101 next year, whatever the case is. I'm not, that's not how I'm thinking. I'm thinking about, I'm trying to win this year. So I'm going to do whatever I possibly can for this year. On the flip side of it, if I'm rebuilding, I don't care. I'm, I'm judging risk. I'm judging risk versus payoff. So you were just talking about, well, if he comes back and he's 80, 90 percent, what's that look like for value? Well, if he was two first, he's at least worth a first and a second or a yep. very good first, like early first round yep. value, like a yep. 103, 104, 105, somewhere in there, plus maybe something. Right. And I, yep. I think we can probably put put it back to where, like, 
after what we saw just from one game, and I don't want to be too reactionary about it. Sure. This this man's going to go in the third round of startups, guaranteed, yeah. yep. right now. Yep. Like, yep. and that I I, I don't want to be reactionary, but he looked fantastic, and. There was Ray had talked about this on his morning show. There's people saying, well, he's back to being like 70% cam acres. If that's 70% cam acres, holy shit. Well, he, well, he, he didn't look 70% to me. That looked 90, 95, 100% cam acres, what we saw Sunday night. Other than being a little bit rusty, like in the pass catching game, the feel of it, but his explosiveness was back. Back in yeah. a way, it was night and day when he would run the ball versus when Sony Michelle would run the ball, right? Yes, yes. even though he, e- you saw the pop, man, you saw the pop, even though they wear similar numbers, and sometimes it's hard to tell on, on broadcast, you know, which running back is in there unless yeah. they're drastically different. The right. minute they take off running, you'd be like, Oh, that's Cam Akers, guaranteed. Yep, <laughs> yep there it is, number 23. Okay. <laughs> the, yep. it, it, you didn't you didn't need to be a football fan or know who Cam Akers was. I could have brought my wife down and just had her. Do you do, who do you like better? Who looks better at running back? 23 or 25? And she would have been she would have told me 23. Wow, he's really fast. Yes. So if you're in a rebuild, you get so much flexibility because you don't care about that. You're 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 giving risk versus reward, right? So if we were telling you like if you can buy him for any late first or projected late first, go ahead and do it. If you miss, who cares? You're out a uh, Jamison Williams, a George Pickens, a David Bell, like, oh well. Like, life yep. goes on. You can replace those kind of guys. Yep. If you hit, now you got a guy that you paid a late first for. And I heard Ray talk on his uh, wake-up show about Cam Akers, about how he would, uh, one of the questions, would you rather have Cam Akers or the 101? And he said, I'd rather have Cam Akers. And I can't disagree with that, right? Uh, you can't. I mean, so you, 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 you pay can't. a late first, and now you're going to get the payoff of at least the 101. That's that's phenomenal. That's a hell of a risk reward bet. Yeah. Now, obviously, that that is hindsight 2020. But yeah, you, you're 100% right. Like now, I think there's a discussion to be had. I, I want Akers on that deal. But I mean, that's I don't know that's necessarily consensus. Maybe it will be. But here's the thing, right? Like when you think about it, right? Do I want a late first? in 2022 or an equivalent player or like when you think about those range of outcomes, if it, if it ends up being the high end, yes, I want the cam makers high end. And I think the other thing that wasn't being discussed at that time or much throughout the whole time he's down that you and I had quite a few discussions on is like it's, it's 2021 now, right? Mm-hmm. The, 2022 now. Technically. Well, Right, but <laughs> at the I know, time, yeah, I know I it is. Yeah, 2022 now. Sorry, if, uh, it is crazy to think it's 2022, but at the time it's 2021. Like, videos are going to surface of him rehabbing, running. Like, yes, then it's going to be, oh, he's doing this. Oh, now he's getting close to returning. Oh, now he's in practice. Like, th- this was stuff we were talking about before we even knew he was for sure going to return the same season, let alone how we would even look. Right. So, there was going to also ultimately there was going to be a buildup of value surge. Now, to what degree? Not necessarily sure, but you can guarantee where he was in July when he tore his Achilles to next summer. He's going to gain value, even if you hated him and weren't sure of like 
listen, man, this Achilles scares me. I don't know. Like you can just hold him and ride out that value. If you're on the rebuilding or the uh, rebuilding side, it made no sense to just trade him for it first. In my mind, it didn't. So like at the time, I'm thinking, man, I suppose, but like, let's, <laughs> let's get crazy. I'm going to go in and buy back more. And I remember the first, the same day, there was an owner that was trying to sell me Cam Akers. And I knew, Dynasty Degenerates, you have to know, try to know your league mates. And I know this, I knew this league mate in particular was in Mike's, uh, Mike Lou's Discord. And he was one of the guys. I, I love Mike Lou, by the way. I think he's great. Great. You know, the Wolfpack. Um, check him out on Twitter at Mike Me Up. But he was preaching kind of sell, selling for the, for the first. And I knew. This guy was in his audience and this was an orphan I just took over and I was trying to rebuild at the time. So I'm like, ah, I can't send this guy an early first for a guy coming off an Achilles. So I'm like, well, the, right now I'm trying to rebuild, but I, I'll give you two seconds. They should probably be early because I'm trying to rebuild. He ends up taking the deal. That's the same day. Mm. Then 4D chess. That's what it's all about. 4D chess. For whatever reason, when you're in the orphan, like I, I knew that league mate just because he was in a discord with me, but I don't know everybody else, and they will not let me trade off these older assets for like futures. Sometimes that's going to happen back home. Like, listeners, sometimes you're not going to get the deals you think, especially in new leagues, because it's about your league mates too. It's about the micro dynamics. So because of that, I'm like, all right, man, they're kind of forcing my hand. Let's 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 compete. So now all of a sudden, I made a whole bunch of moves, and we don't have to get into that now. But I ended up finding a way to make it a competing roster and those seconds became late. Right. And like Mike talked about the deal we made and then it just continued to build ground from there. I ended up getting four more shares of him. I was extremely overexposed. Luckily it's, it's worked out the way it is. He looked great, but I, I think even if he didn't come back and play in five and a half months, there was a very strong case to be made that like he was a, he was a buy for rebuilders and that's what Mike and I were preaching from the beginning. He was an absolute buy for rebuilders. Like you had talked about, even if you didn't believe that it would come back because of what you had mentioned with social media, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, just the way information works now. And this man's working out. His price was only going to go up from that first. It was just a matter of how much it was going to go up. So right. how, how long you could hold out and ride it until he actually got back on the field. If he got back on the field and he looked like crap, you know, the, the hype, the hype would have would have gone by the wayside. Right? right. For sure. Yep. It would have been oh, all right. Maybe it really is only worth a first. You know, maybe I, you know, you you would have had people who make excuses where oh he's back in five and a half months and you gotta give him some time. So it, but it still would have been that long wait and see game, right? He yeah. comes back, he looks phenomenal, he impresses the hell out of everybody in the playoffs. No less in the playoffs when all eyes are on him. The only game on yep. in the playoffs, he impresses. And that's and, why that's why I say like his value has jumped right back to that that third round startup at least somewhere in there. And that's that's probably two first range easy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and the other thing too is like, man, when you really think about this, right? Like, it was the playoffs. Their their season on the line versus a division rival, right? Yeah. The game before, the first game they, they'd seen him back, he played like a, a handful of snaps. He was barely out there. Like, you didn't notice him much. And, and, he, and McVay had enough confidence to say, you know what? Like, I know Michelle started, but Akers saw more work than him. Like, with their season on the line, 
they they said we don't even know for sure how healthy he is. Like we see him in practice and stuff. We haven't seen it at a game. We're going to give him a lot of work, and he looked great. And, and now he's going to have all off season to get better, be the leader in that room. And Michelle, for whatever you think about this Henderson truthers out there, like all that stupidity. Those, neither Henderson or Michelle even have contracts next year. Now they could bring him back, but like, man, he's going to go in the third round of startups. I'm telling you, just because of all that, like it's just it's happening. It brings us into so many players because we we suffered so many similar catastrophic injuries to running backs that that were in that range, you know, that second, third, fourth round range of startups. Yep. yep. I mean, you had Akers, you had J.K. Dobbins, you had Travis Etienne, and I know we were kind of on the same boat for just about all of them. You know, if you're if you're a contender, try to sell them for a first, and if you're a rebuilder. Or one of these like teams where you're one, two years out and really young. See if you can't buy him for a, a late first or worse, you know, a couple seconds, an, an early second plus something. Just toss him out there. I think it's a massive advantage if you're willing to take that risk on those guys because the payoff can be so grand, so, so great. I don't think you're always going to hit on them. But I think the hit rate, especially now with the way modern medicine is, the way training is for some of these guys, these injuries aren't aren't career enders like they used to be. I mean, we're not too far removed from when a guy tore his ACL. His career was over. Yeah. And now outside of, you know, Adrian Peterson, who who is a freak, but guys tear their ACL and in seven, eight months, they're back on the field producing. Now, there's different degrees of ACLs. We'll talk about it some like Chris Godwin's the kind of guy that I'm not too inclined to to spend any type of capital on at all. One, yeah. because the wide receiver position is so deep, I can just get my options elsewhere. And two, a lot of people are overlooking the fact that he tore an MCL as well as his ACL, which leads to all kinds of other problems. You know, I'm not a doctor, but from the stuff I've read from actual doctors who treat this, Tearing your ACL and your MCL is, is not good. It's, it's not just a typical ACL tear where, you know, you get that six, seven, eight months and then you're back. And there's really not a lot of issues coming off of it. So that's a guy where if we're talking about injured players, I'm not too inclined to buy because the, the position of wide receiver is so deep. Like, why would I take that kind of chance on him? when I can just go get somebody else. If I want to get an injury, I know what a broken ankle is. So I'll go spend a, a mid to late second on DJ Chark, right? And shoot yeah. my shot there. Right. Or, I mean, we saw Juju back on the field this week. And that was another guy like DJ Chark. I'm just, I, I just shoot a, a mid to late second or I'll flip some turd like Marquez Callaway, <laughs> you know, for Juju when he was hurt. That's the kind of move I'd make a wide receiver. But Trying to stick on these running backs, the J.K. Dobbins, the Travis Etienne's, I think they were pretty much in the same ballpark for us. Yeah. I think J.K. Dobbins was probably the guy that we felt the safest on, would you say? Because we knew it was just a standard ACL, if you can, yeah. call, if you can call an ACL standard. Well, I think actually, like, the thing about him, too, was, um, if you remember, it was on impact, and there was, I guess... The LCL, which is like the interior one, yeah, which made it a little more worrisome. But at the same time, like, see, th this is the thing. Like, Mike, Mike, what Mike's getting at is a hundred percent right. And and I think the thing to keep in mind, Dynasty Degenerates, is like their situation and their age, and when the injury happened are all big, right? So like, yes. 
J.K. Dobbins and Travis Etienne were young, early draft capital, really good prospect profile running backs. And, and Akers was too. The problem with Akers really was that this was an injury that was so scary for that position, right? Like, had Akers had a standard a, uh, ACL, like he never would have dipped to the point he dipped to, right? Nope. So nope. that th- these are all things to keep in mind. But like, my, to Mike's point, Chris Godwin, he tore it later in the year. He tore it with the MCL. And he's not, he's not old by any means, but like he's not, you know, super young either. So like, we're not necessarily, that, that one's a little trickier. And then like, then it brings like Derrick Henry to mind, right? We, we would tell you the opposite with Derrick Henry. Honestly, Absolutely. Because, because yeah, of his age, point. his age is very different, his mileage, all that stuff. So like, keep all that in mind. But these young type running backs, even young receivers, um, young prospect profiles, and, and Dobbins and Akers in particular, not that I didn't like buying ETM, but Dobbins and Akers, they showed us on the field, right, as rookies, that we want these guys. Mm-hmm. And then the injury happened. So, like, we saw them be successful. And with modern medicine the way it is, you're probably buying them at their floor, honestly, when you, when you did it as a rebuilder. And to Mike's point, too, like, as a, this is why picking a direction is so crucial. Because if you know you're rebuilding and these things happen, now, all of a sudden, like Mike talked about, right? I'm only using this as an example, not because I was the person that got acres and, and Mike ended up not getting the great deal, but because he had picked a direction of being a contender. And when you're a contender, it kind of forces a little more rigidness for you, right? So oh, yeah. as, a, as a contender, you are now saying, man, I'm going for the gusto. I, maybe I push some picks in. Like it, It's time to go win a title. And you're basically in a position where you're, not feeling great about acres, not on your roster. And you're like, shit, I, I have to make this move. I have to, I have to get off of them because I'm trying to win it. So you're going to have to trade it at the floor. The opposite of that. If you pick a direction early enough and you're rebuilding, you can capitalize on that, right? You, you can now say, okay, th- this guy's a contender. He's got acres. He's got Dobbins. He's got ETN. Now I can go buy this guy at a low price. And so, I think all of that kind of ties into a lot of the stuff we stress in, in, you know, direction, drafting, dealing, like all all those things come into play. And I think this is a really good one, Dynasty Degenerates, to really think about and to to do moving forward and and execute. I know we had talked about on one of our Patreon shows about direction, right? And how important it was. And I went through the exercise of, I went through every league I had. And I think at the time I had 20 some. 20-some leagues, maybe 19, 20, 20. I don't remember. I got a lot. Not as much as Scott Connor. That guy's a freak. (laughs) I I went through my leagues, and it was just weird how they broke down, where I had like 33% were contenders where I was pushing my chips in the middle. 33% were extremely young, maybe in the first year after I went nuclear rebuild, and then the rest were just... I was torching the farm, trying to get as many assets as possible. And it's just weird how I didn't plan on that, but that's just kind of the way my brain works when I look at my dynasty squads. Like I want a certain amount that I know I'm going to have to be rigid as hell. And I don't have a lot of options because I'm trying to win this thing this year. I'm pushing everything I have in to try to win money. And then I have the other two squads, which I much prefer to play because like Adam said, you have so much flexibility. 
I can go out and I can buy an ETN. I can buy a Dobbins. I can buy an Acres and not care, not care that much. If I had those guys on my squad on a contender, like I'm locked in, I got to get rid of them. And if anybody is semi-conscious in your league, they're going to know that you're trying to compete and they're not going to give you great offers for them. They're not going to give you these amazing Godfather offers. Now, you had touched on a little bit, and I wanted to just kind of circle back to this real quick. There's a massive difference in injured players. Like, I would never recommend to anybody to go out and buy Derrick Henry. I know some people are. I have so many concerns. One being the age. Two being his massive size, his huge frame, because he's a freak. And three being a foot injury. There's not a lot of good history around these kind of foot injuries, especially for older type running backs. So that's a guy I'm not really comfortable buying. Cam Akers kind of fell into that where you were talking about the Achilles. It was such a, a an injury that had a bad track record for running backs at his position. I'm much more comfortable buying a guy like J.K. Dobbins or even Travis Etienne. And I know Jeff... If Jeff listens to this podcast, he's the injury guy over at Prospect Talk. He hates Travis Etienne with a passion. I I think I don't know what Travis did to him. Like maybe <laughs> maybe Travis lost him a bet. You know, maybe Jeff bet on Alabama and Travis went for 120 yards. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what this problem is with Travis Etienne, but they got to work it out. But. He Travis Etienne, I guess, with this foot injury, this Liz Frank, apparently Jeff doesn't think that he's going to come back to be anything. I'm willing to take that gamble, especially if somebody's like, hey, you give me the, the 201 and the, the 208, and you can have Travis Etienne. Like, if I'm on any kind of rebuilder, I'm not trying to push in this year. Absolutely, I want to take that kind of deal. Like, screw the 201, screw the 208. I know we talk about value and and getting as many assets, but that's the kind of lottery ticket where if I'm right and I hit on a guy like Travis Etienne and he is the RB2 of this class, like he was projected going in. I know some people had Javante, rightly so. I'm a big Javante lover, but full discretion, I had Travis Etienne. I took him everywhere over Javante that I could, that I had the opportunity. I think that's a gamble that could pay off massively. So I kind of went on a rant here. I'll kick it back to you. <laughs> hey, man, it's all right. We, we love the rants. We, we love the McNutted rants over here. And, and believe me, if you guys like them at home, all I do is get McNutted rants. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, with ETN, I think the concern for me mostly with ETN He's not necessarily the list, Frank. And listen, Jeff is, you know, he's more in the medical field and understands some of that. And I, he knows more about it than I do. So I'll give him that right now. However, for, for me, it was more so like I, I really liked ETN as a prospect. I know there was the whole debate on, you know, did he just put on a bunch of weight, you know, for the pro day and blah, blah, blah. But like, I don't know, to me, the eye test and what people you know, saw, I think I like the talent quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he still has the first round draft capital, but now, you know, there's, there's two things here. One, we saw acres look great off the Achilles, which maybe, maybe that tells us that it's not as bad of an injury. And, and or maybe Cam Akers is a freak, but the thing is maybe the Achilles really isn't that big of an injury. And if that's the case, maybe, maybe James Robinson Achilles now, 
it's not as bad as you know we we once thought it was. But regardless, it happened later in the year, and that opens the door quite a bit for Travis Etienne. And there's going to be a totally new new team as far as like you know the, the staff and stuff in town. So I, I I really like what's going on with Etienne. I think probably though Dynasty Degenerates. I think it's the large majority of the community is probably it's the windows kind of closed for us on ETN. Yeah. I mean, if you're able to do something, you know, and get him for a standard first, I probably okay. St- okay with that still, but it seems like that, that window's kind of closed. So keep that in mind, but um, more, more so like when these injuries happened with ETN, with Dobbins, with these type of players, y- you're looking at really good opportunities to go buy them. And, that's why picking a direction and, and having already ahead of time, ahead of some of your other league mates, my direction is <laughs> is the floor. Like you, you now have a you now have the chance in a year or two to take advantage of all these type things that it's variance. We don't know who's going to get hurt, right? Like, but you now can take advantage of all that stuff. And, and I'm telling you, if you do it the way we kind of talk about, and you subscribe to the right people, Ray some other ones out there like you're you're going to be able to turn this thing around a lot quicker than than you think if you haven't done a bunch of rebuilds I think two week you remember the uh that that best ball startup that I did uh is it about a month ago now did that happen right when James Robinson tore his Achilles uh, which one was this the Rusty Tromboners for you out there. I love oh. to come up with these kind of names. The Rusty Tromboners League. Yeah, that, that uh, was... Um, I want to say we might have been in the fourth round when James Robinson tore his Achilles. It was, it was, uh, it was, mid, it was mid-draft. It was, yeah, third or fourth. And I, I, was, in one, <laughs> I was in one pretty late in the year, uh, Dynasty Degenerates back at home, where I took ETN about 45 minutes before he... Uh, Messed up his uh, list, Frank, in the preseason game. So in that league, you actually took ended up taking Travis Etienne in the sixth round, which yeah. is is actually that had to be on James Robinson news because you would never see Travis Etienne in those startups after the list, yeah. Frank, going yeah. that that way. He was going in the seventh, eighth, ninth round. He didn't yeah. have that that insulation like Cam Akers or J.K. Dobbins. Those guys were going six, seven, eight at the most. Yeah, I, I heard. Yeah, full discretion. I heard the news. Um, and then you took Travis Etienne in the sixth. In this yeah, other one that I, I we actually, did with, uh, I actually with, traded up for him. It was in the it was in the fourth or the fifth. And then like the draft kept happening. And I'm like, how is this guy not going? And it got to the sixth, and I I didn't have to spend much. I I moved up a few picks to get him. He he got a value bump just off of James Robinson tearing his Achilles. Yes, yes, he did. Because in this other one that we're currently still in, this sixty round. IDP 22 starter campus or campus to Canton monstrosity best ball that we're in. He went in the fifth round in this one. So the man has already seen a value bump. So if you invested a late first in him, like you'd probably get a first and a second right now if you don't believe in him. I would say just based off of these two drafts. I don't yeah. know what the full market is because we haven't gotten to full, you know, startup draft swing. We're just kind of doing some here and there. But mm-hmm. man already got a value bump. <laughs> if, if you didn't like him at all, now's the time to get out. 
Like you get out ninety percent of his 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 max value per se, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you and I think the case probably is for a lot of people like they took him in rookie drafts, and then I think a lot of people ended up just not making the move off of him because he was not getting a lot offered for right in the yeah. season. So if you took him in your rookie draft and you're like, man, I lost a lot of value. Now, now you've gotten some of it back. You probably didn't get quite all of it. You probably, if you took them in the top six picks or so, but yeah, um, you, you've gained a lot of it back already. And, and this is kind of to the point we were talking about with Cam Akers, where now, granted, it took a James Robinson Achilles injury to have some of this happen, but ETN hype was going to build regardless of the situation in the offseason as he starts coming back and gets more into things. His situation's a little trickier just because you didn't see him play at all. It's not going to be the same, like, news type, you know, coach that drafted him. And I mean, maybe that's maybe that's all for the better because who, who knows how Urban Meyer was going to use him. But I think the ETN surge has happened. And now, like, you're at a point now where if you really don't believe, you, you can pivot off of him, kind of like we were talking about with Cam Akers earlier. Like there's just an there's just a value spike gonna happen with these injured players as they approach and are getting ready to play before they even step up on the field. Absolutely. I, I think it it the main point I wanted to make out of talking about all this, other than telling you that I, I need to get this out there, you were right and I was wrong because in this uh campus to Canton draft, you had said to take uh, K makers, I think at the 412. Yeah. And instead, I talked to you into the 102 and the 103 rookie yep. picks. Yep. Yep. And I, I remember at the time, like, I was thinking, now, granted, uh, Dynasty Generous back home, this was before the playoff game. So, yes. yep. it, was in, it was in between week 18 and the playoff game. But my view still was kind of been the same all along call me a truth or call me stubborn because i was overexposed whatever you want to call me listen i had plenty of misses so i'm not going to sit here and say I'm, I'm some know-it-all and i just for i was very bullish on cam makers and i was saying to mike that the 102 and the 103 are nice and if it's a quarterback or running back in this class like it's those are still nice picks love them but if cam makers comes back and is right i think he has the highest ceiling and so we'll see what happens i mean Shit, 102, 103 still have a very high ceiling. So I'm not like really mad about it. But yeah, I think I think Aker is still like, especially after what we saw this year in the playoffs. And that's in five and a half months. That's still crazy to think about. Like he, he's probably going to be value wise ahead of 102 and 103 in most startups. Do you think at some point, like say he comes out in the next playoff game next week on I don't know if they play on Saturday or Sunday. It doesn't they play, matter. They play on Sunday. They played on Monday. They play on Sunday. Okay. So the, he comes out Sunday and he has another good game and looks yeah. good. Yeah. And, and approaches 100 total yards, maybe scores mm-hmm. a touchdown. Yeah. You think, you think he starts approaching that second round startup territory? I, it's a good question. I actually think I, I hadn't really dove into this. I love doing stuff like this on air because it forces you to just speak it out. Now, when I think about this question, I think, okay, who are they playing this week? They play Tampa. That's a good run D that normally is like done really well against running backs. So yeah. if you say Akers comes out and looks similar than he did to the Cardinals or even slightly better, even if they lose, 
like it, it's going to be kind of cemented. And I think the big thing with acres now that one thing that we did, I did not have, and there's no way Mike did or anybody for the most part had built in was he would come back and play in the playoffs. And then now all of a sudden, like, see, this is, this is part of the fear with, with him too, was like, I remember uh, a lot of the analysts were saying that he's going to miss a year of football, right? So, and then on top of it, you don't know what his offseason is going to look like, how quickly he's going to be back. Now he's going to be back. He's going to have shown it on the football field and all offseason. He's going to be getting better and, and back into like game shape and stuff, right? So, so he's going to hit, he's going to hit 22 running, like hit the ground running. He's yeah. Be there for the full offseason. OTAs, right. training camp, you know, he gets to improve on whatever his deficiencies are over the summer. Yes. Yes. This is, and that is, that is something that was not built into anybody buying him until they, unless you bought him like talking more like November when the news kind of hit. So anyway, all, all that to say, will he, could he go in the second? I, I don't know that it's going to be the frequent thing. But yeah, man, yeah. If he shows well versus Tampa and he, you know, has looked like that after five and a half months and not really being like, like think about all the stuff he he was not being able to do for months and he's looking like this already, he definitely could creep into the back half of the second. And I think that you're going to see, I truly do, I'll be interested to see what the data says, but I think third round is going to be basically for sure. I think second's very possible. I do. Do you think there's any value left to extract? So if you're a Cam Akers fan, you like what you see, and you would like to go out and acquire Cam Akers right now. Yeah. For the people listening, do you think that there's any... Are you going to have to buy him at a price that just doesn't make sense right now? The reason I would say yes is because I, I want you to think about who's owning Akers right now. Yep. Right? Like... They, 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 all the narratives we went through early in the show, they sat there probably with him, right? Mm -hmm. Or, or the majority of people did. Maybe, maybe there's been some trades and stuff now, and it's a short term acres owner. But if you're an acres owner that sat through all that, like, man, you're going to have to pay them a heavy premium now to to move on from him. So I'll say this though I, I still think what's interesting about acres is. When we were paying you, myself, the majority of the community in like that February to July range before he tore his Achilles, we, we were paying still on a projection, which is crazy to think about, right? So like we, we just assumed based on what the end of the year was, like that's what he was going to take over and do. And I think that was a fair assumption, but we still never saw it, right? Like we don't even know what his high end looked like beforehand. Mm-hmm. And then he came out like this is what I think is scary is we never saw that. We, we assumed it was going to be great. Then he had the worst injury that you could basically tout a running back to have other than other than dying. And he's looked like this in record time. Listen, I don't know what the ceiling still holds for him, but so, so the point to answer your question, like, is there a value to extract out from him? Probably not a lot if we're being honest right like he's yeah i don't think anybody's trading you for just a first and a second anymore right yeah that, so, that, so sh- that ship has sailed it's sailed you're gonna have to probably i mean 
in the range of two, two in the range offer. of two first, right? In the range of two first is probably going to be. I mean, toss out an offer of a first and a second and see what somebody says, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe all they want is some crappy throw in, like somebody's way too high on Cedric Wilson and keeps touting them all the time, nonstop for whatever damn reason. <laughs> maybe that's the thing that like pushes the deal over the edge. Don't, don't, don't buy Cedric Wilson at the peak, guys. Don't do it. Please stop. Uh, <laughs> like the toss out the first and the second, but I think Cam Akers is he's he's priced himself out of my territory where I'm I'm gonna buy right. Yeah, I mean, you, you said two first. I'd rather spend two first on something else. Not that I don't love Cam Akers. I don't think he can't be good. It's just there, there's other things with less question marks on that cost two first. Right. Yeah. The the only way, the only way I think you're getting acres at a at a price that's not like not worth spending is if like the deal we talked about, and even that was before we saw this. So that deal's dead too. But yeah, like you would have to come off of a elite piece and have him be one of two pieces. Like you're down tearing off of somebody elite and saying like I believe what I saw in acres this early and I think he's going to get better that that's the only way you're going to get him probably at a value that makes sense and even still you're probably buying him at the peak so the point here is like I I do think that he I do think that the ceiling for him is pretty crazy based on what we've seen and and he showed how much of a freak he could be but yes so that that's exciting and but at the same time to answer your question he he is not likely to grow that much in startup value if he's going at a third. Like it, it's so there's so, only, so there's you're only two a lot to get him right now. There's only two deals I could find for Cam Akers since Monday night, right? Okay, yep. Let's talk about it. What do you got? So this is going off of Dynasty Nerds, which I was I was over the moon to find out that Dynasty Nerds pulls their trade browser uh, from Sleepers API. And the reason I figured that out is because I got to see those deals that Ray did, you know, exactly like player for player and pick for pick. When I pull them up on recent trade, I'm like, hey, I watched those go down in real time. Holy crap. Dynasty Nerds is pulling their their trade information from Sleepers API. Right. Yeah. There's some other sites that go out there. They go off of MFL. I'm not an MFL guy. I think it's garbage. I mean, great for the functionality and you get to do a lot of cool stuff, but the mobile is absolutely horrible. And in 2022, you can't have a mobile version that's worth a crap. I I don't know what to tell you. And then I want to say like Player Profiler pulls their stuff off of Safe Leagues. I think that's the thing run by Scott Fish. yeah, but yeah. most of the people we're probably talking to, I know all my leagues are on Sleeper, right? Other than Scott Fishbowl and other than this crappy FFPC shit that I'm trying to get out of. But anyways, Dynasty Nerds, uh, from what I can tell, pulls all their trade information off of Sleeper's API. So the two trades that went down for involving Cam Akers since Monday night, uh, the first one, Jared Goff, Tony Pollard, Devontae Smith for Cam Akers. Like, oh. give me the Cam uh, Akers side, right? Yeah, I mean. I, I love Devontae. He's awesome. And you know I love Tony Pollard, but let's be realistic about his outlook. All right? So, Jared Goff, <laughs> I mean, whatever. Give me Cam Akers, I guess. Like, I'd rather have the running back. Yeah, I mean, that's. That's acres to me. Um, man, 
And I still think like I love Pollard. Like so if you're listening at home, don't take this as a slight on Pollard or or Devontae Smith, but I, I yeah, give me give me acres there. It's just especially because Pollard, like we don't he's only gonna be getting older and we don't still envision right now him getting a workhorse role yet. So Yeah. You know, it's just as much as we love the talent, like you gotta bake that in. Uh, the second one, Aaron Rodgers, Debo Samuel, Cam Akers, and a couple force. Right, so you just ignore the force. They're oh, just, hold on, run run that back one more time. Aaron Rodgers, uh huh, Debo Samuel, okay, Cam Akers, and okay. a couple just fluff pieces. Two right. fourth rounders. Four, Kyler Murray, AJ Dillon, a twenty four first, and two twenty four seconds. Ooh. That's a spicy one, man. It is. It is. There's a lot of lot of parts to this, so you can ignore the force. So yeah, take the force back at home, Dynasty Denver. Just take the force out. We had we had this exact discussion with a patron member in our our community last night. You got to get to the meat and bones of the deal here. So take the force out immediately. Okay, so let's talk it again. So it's Rogers, Aaron Rodgers, Debo Samuel, Cam Akers on the one side. Then you're talking 24 first. You said 224 seconds? Yes. And what was the other piece? AJ Dillon. AJD. Mm. Man. Did, did, see, this is the other thing that's good. It, it, this is the thing for us that's going to make this one tough for me to say for sure is because the, the, the other side, the, the Debo side and Aaron Rodgers side, because of those two pieces, like he, that, that, that screams contender for me. So yes. it's not just like a bilge free discussion. So like the man's down Taylor tearing Kyler Murray. Right. That's the other piece is like, I love Aaron Rodgers. Mike and I, we've had our disagreement on him, but as much as I love him and think he keeps playing, like he's only getting older and we still don't like, we don't know what his future holds. Right. So nope. that's what makes that side rough. It, it, there's a lot of risk on that side. When I start thinking about that side is the problem for me. I almost lean towards the Kyler side. I do just, too. Just because you have, you have so many outs. So yeah. many. We don't know what those 24 firsts and seconds are going to be, right? And, and hindsight's always going to be 2020. Uh. I, I, I'm going to tell you what I like as far as this deal goes. Is This, this is a direction deal for me. And, and it, it's good for everyone listening at home because... Absolutely. Man, that that is this is exactly what we're talking about with direction. Th- this is screaming a direction deal. Rogers Debo Acres is saying like, "I want to go win now." You're giving up Kyler Murray to do so, right? Like, now, granted, Kyler Murray's probably a buy for us right now, but we don't have to get into all that right now. The point is, you're moving on from Kyler Murray, a 24 first, two 24 seconds, and AJ Dillon. All those pieces right now, we're not sure. I mean, other than Kyler, obviously, we're not sure on the contending side. And 24 is a, a, while, a while away. And you're going to get Rodgers, Debo, and Akers. So I like that it's a direction piece on both sides. They're both picking a direction. I, I would say, though, generically, I'm going to pick the 24 first, 24, uh, 224 seconds, Kyler Murray, and AJ Dillon side, because, man, that's a ton of flexibility. Kyler Murray's. As much as whatever you, you didn't like him playing in the playoffs and whatever you want to say about Kyler Murray, he's still really young and very valuable in Superflex. 
the 24 first, 24 seconds are going to only accrue value. They're only going to accrue value. Like Acres, right? The perfect example of Acres is you if you draft him in the second round and he gets hurt, you have lost a shit ton of value. The, first, the yeah. first and the second, no matter what happens to any collegiate player, they stay, they're they're value insulated. And AJ Dillon, listen, I I, I like he's okay. Like I, I like him. I think I've seen what I've seen him do playing is nice and I think there's some upside for him. But like he's not like someone I'm in love with but but when i look at all the deal i'm, I'm gonna lean and go with that side gener- generically too yeah these are the only two that i can find everything else is before he actually played monday night so you got like cameras for 22 first it doesn't say where that first is it could be you know it could be the 112 or the 101 for all i know yeah and that, that would change it drastically right if it's a 101 you're like all right i see it if it's a 112 you go wow you're an idiot <laughs> <laughs> and, and the thing about 24 is it's it, you can't even project it right nope. like no you, you, even if the team looks like it's a 112 right now it's too far it's way too far in the future to assume anything what about uh so this is also from sunday cam Akers for a 23 first second third mm. Ooh, I t- well, so the 23 class is really good at the running back position early. We 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 kind of all know that if you're back home and you're mm-hmm. honestly degenerates, if you're listening to this, I'm assuming you're very tapped in. So the 23 first is very nice. So is the 23 second. Mike and I'll tell you right now for thirds, even if that class ends up being good, we're not going to value that that much. It basically comes down to a 23 first and a second for acres. Dang, that's a tough question, man. I, I actually think I want acres on this deal. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's enough. Even yeah. though you know, like I'm such a pick hoarder, and and I love, I love just kind of hit the reset button and, and getting into draft picks because they don't ever lose value, right? They yes. only accrue value. I, I'll take that back. They lose value the moment you hit draft on the player in your rookie draft. The right? moment they're no longer a pick, yes, they lose value. The moment they're an actual player. Now they they could increase depending on who that player is, but most cases. Once you make that pick, it's not as valuable as the the number, right? People right, are like, oh, cool. it could be this, or I could do this, or I could do this. They build themselves up, but once you pick that player, you're like, ah, oh, I don't like Devontae Smith. Oh, okay. Well, it's, exactly. not, wor- it's not worth the, the 109 that you spent anymore, right? It doesn't hold exactly. the same value. It, it, because it's a pick, it still has a lot of flexibility for whatever owner size to go get that pick. As soon as you tap the button on a player, it's now that it's now solidified as that player. And until that person becomes whatever he is on, he is on the field. Like you don't that it, you lost a little bit of value until it either goes up or down. Once he starts playing well or not well, you know, Kill that. I think the big thing, my big takeaway from doing all this is I really want that. We need to make a time. So the next time that we record an episode for these people to listen to, the big thing is I want to spend a good chunk of time just diving into how we choose whether we're going to rebuild or we're going to compete and why yes. we decide it that way. Yes. Like there, yes. That's there a whole episode. So many, there are so many decisions that once you understand our mindset for how we do it, you'll, it unlocks just about everything else. Right. So we were talking about being rigid if you're competing. Right. It's great to win money. It really is. 
But in a lot of these leagues, we're just trying to set ourselves up so we can dominate for three, four, five years in a row where you put a stranglehold on the league. If you accumulate enough value, it really doesn't matter. Like, the championships follow. Like, we both have squads where you just look at them and you go, like, this thing is going to be in the championship game every year or, you know, at least in the semifinals every year for the next four or five years, right? Yes. Yep. And I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm planning on winning at least one, two, maybe three titles during that time. And those are just because we've accumulated so much value and stopped trying to build, you know, the best starting rosters that we can. We're just taking the value plays where we find it. And we don't hit on them all. We, we don't hit on them all. But we hit 65 70 75%. And as long as you keep making that progress, eventually you put this massive just stranglehold on your league where the championships will follow. So I think doing this and talking about injured players, I really like talking about K-Makers. But I definitely think the next time that we talk... I really want to give the listeners an idea on how we come to the conclusion about whether we're going to rebuild, whether we're going to contend. And there's that kind of in-between area, but it's not the in-between area that most people play Dynasty in because most people play that in-between area on just, oh, I hope I make the playoffs. My in-between area is everybody's in their first, second, or third year, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> if, I don't, if I don't have a lot of assets... My assets are in the young guys that I have that I'm hoping are going to accrue value and I can move or flip flop, do whatever I want with. So, yeah, I, I think that's definitely we need to have a whole episode on how to pick a direction, Yep. how to be real about it. I think one thing to maybe give a little bit of a teaser or kind of summarize something that really hit me these last few years and really thinking the mindset is. All offseason, we kind of forget that the, you know, I think a lot of people, especially in lineup leagues, want to look at their starting roster and that they say, okay, this team's ready to go. Well, what happens is in the NFL, and especially the last two years, the reason I say these last two years is you have an added element of injury, and that's COVID. Yes. And we don't know what's going to happen. We, we thought, man, we thought we kind of like got past it, right? Like a lot of the summer, like there wasn't that many cases. We're like, oh, we're good. We're kind of, we kind of got over it. Turns out we didn't. And full disclosure, I lost in the semis to Mike on one, one of my teams. And it was a duds and duds build on a, on a uh, best ball team. And here's the thing. I got hit with Kelsey on COVID. I had Swift on injury, all that stuff. I, I, it would have taken a lot for me to beat his team. And the reality is I think, when I talk about this episode, Mike and I talk about this episode, talking about rebuilding flexibility, contenders, rigidness, and you know, buying players on this injury discount is you need to look at your roster, right? If you're going to really take yourself into the contending piece, and especially trade away futures, look at your roster. Look at it, uh, not just like because you love your team. Be real about it. Say to yourself, okay, just pick two random players, two random, not just random starters, good players, right? Two random starters that are, that are crucial to your team. Take those off. Ask yourself, what does this team look like right now? Yep. If the answer to that question is not, it can still win. Boy, you better be real, real careful. Like you better be real careful because 
before the season even happens, we had Akers, Dobbins, ETN this year, right? Yep. Not to mention on top of that, injuries throughout the season. And then COVID kills you in the postseason. So, like, if you're going to pick the contending side, the thing I think about this, this, and we're going to have a whole episode like Mike talked about, but the finish here for me is before you pick the contending side, you need to be really serious about what your depth is and what happens if you lose two or three pieces. That's a hell of a teaser. And that's where we're going to leave you. Then. We appreciate you tapping in again. The, the support that you've given us listening every week. You know, we're on our third episode, hitting us up on Twitter. We got people joining the Patreon left and right. It is, it is amazing. We appreciate you. We appreciate what you're doing. As always, make sure that you're tapping into what Ray's doing with these prospect breakdowns. I can't stress that enough. I, I learn something every time I watch these. Like yes. I, I get a new favorite. He's doing them on the, the big name guys. He's doing them on his uh, wake-up show. Uh, he did Brees Hall on uh, Tuesday. Wow. Just just wow. Dude, they're, they're one of my favorite things to watch. Uh, Kenny Walker is coming on Thursday. Amazing. I, I definitely want to tap into that. That wake-up show is phenomenal. And if you want the more in-depth one, you want to find the next Elijah Mitchell. You want to find the next deep sleeper that nobody else in your league is going to think about that you might even be able to pick up on waivers after the draft. Hit them up on Prospect Talk. That's all I'm going to leave it uh, with us. If if you guys like what we're putting down, come over to the Patreon. Uh, hit up hit us up in the Discord. Become a shithead. One dollar a month. We're able to talk to you one on one. We're able to give you real time advice. Hey, I got a trade. What do you think about this trade? Should I add it? You sign up for the the pregame pooper tier, the five dollar tier. You get one on one consultation with us once a month. Pick a team. We spend 30, 45. We, we said 30 minutes, but usually these go like an hour just because we enjoy talking to you guys and we enjoy talking to Dynasty, talking about Dynasty. So hit us up at our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash South Harmon. Come talk with me and Adam every single day. <laughs> We're answering questions left and right. Right. We appreciate you guys. We love you. Thanks for tuning in. Anything else you wanted to tell these uh, dynasty degenerates as you have coined them, which I really like. That's a hell of a name there. Yeah, man, it's kind of fun. Um, I, I think that was a good episode. If you guys have stuck around with us this long, consider tapping into both Prospect Talk and the South Harmon Patreons. If you don't want to, it's cool. We'll still keep bringing you some pretty good content here on, on 40 Chess. We love doing this. I think this was really good stuff. And I don't really have anything else to add other than just remember, if your league mates are playing chess, go ahead and play 4D chess. Absolutely. Good for us. Most of, most of those league mates are still playing checkers with some of these moves <laughs> I've seen these last couple of weeks. Man, and if you're playing 4D chess versus checkers, it's only a matter of time till that everybody wants to quit. Shit, I think some of my league mates are playing Connect 4. <laughs> They're not even on a chessboard. I don't even know what type of game they're playing, man. Call it Connect Four, call it whatever you want. That, that doesn't look like Dynasty, period. Well, we appreciate you. We love you. We're out. Peace.